I, t- I too was a thief. We're a band of thieves here. <laughs> I think I was, I was the worst one, though. I um, also found out from John Hobbs Jr. that I'm a solitary person. And once he said it, I knew it, but it hit me like a ton of bricks. And so this poem is kind of riveting to me. Um, I was in an accident a month ago exactly a month ago today, and I, uh, I was almost gone, so this poem is about that, and I kept it quiet because I, people bombard you with questions and everything after you have an accident, and I'm a solitary person, so I even told Jenny to, I told Jenny just keep it quiet. Okay, but I do love God, and one more thing I want to say, I want to talk too much because I'll get nervous, but what you were talking about heaven is God gave me a picture of heaven um, about the landscape forever changing. He showed me a mountain and it changed colors like new cars change colors. And I'm going to write a poem about that too. But Okay. Seconds. Time and life are sometimes measured in decades or years or months, sometimes hours or minutes, sometimes even seconds. When I awoke June 2nd, I started out greeting the Trinity with sleepy eyes. Little did I know the enemy had plans for me, saying, I'll be counting down the seconds, for this will be the day Mike Derrickson dies. As I go through my daily routine, making breakfast and lunch, can't forget feeding our huge yellow lab, Clyde. The cars warmed up, it never dawned on me this could be the last time I hug and kiss Joy goodbye. Moving faster, the workday is over, traffic is insane, I take an unknown route. The enemy crouches saying, Mike's in the trap. Let's take him out. Convincing myself not centered on the king. Convincing myself I'm not lost. I know where I'm going. My destination is coming into view. When out of nowhere comes a curve and a stop sign, Lord, this is bad. What do I do? In starts the seconds. I'm going to be dead in five. Feels like a matrix, time's moving mysterically so fast, life's passing before my very eyes. Four seconds and counting. If I slam the brakes, I'll stop dead center of the intersection. Suddenly there's a huge farm truck brawling. Seems we're going to have an imminent, drastic, life-ending collision. Three seconds. The enemy bends down, about to leap and scream touchdown. Two seconds from eternity, God smashes my foot to the accelerator, and now the enemy's having a nervous breakdown. One second, there's a quiet crash in broken glass as my warring angel Acropolis snatches me from death's outstretched frozen hand. Shaking brutally, heart, mind, and soul, I exit the vehicle, realizing in Christ alone I stand. Seconds. Thank you, King Jesus. And I, I, I do want to say that um, Anne, a couple of weeks ago when she was given a word, she said sometimes God has to press the accelerator, and he did it that day. don't really know how to follow that thing, but man, wow. So I'm standing here this morning in the place of Lisa, um, who is home. She's been sick for the last week, and uh, she's coming out of it. And uh, But if you all know Lisa like I do, she it's hard to keep her down. So this morning, I've duct taped her to the lazy boy. So I'll set her free when I get home, but... Um, because I told her, I said, don't do anything. Your job is to rest. And yeah, that's not true. But um, 
sometimes I would like to do that with her sometimes because you just can't keep her down. And she just goes and goes and goes until her body says, I'm finished. And I think that's kind of what's happened over the last week. But anyway, all that being said, um, July 28th and 29th, we have a Sozo, a basic Sozo training that's going to be held here at the house. And for those of you who weren't here a couple of weeks ago, because I wasn't here last week, so I don't know if this was said or not, but for the house members, um, we have chosen to extend that training to you for no charge um, because we want you back involved in the Sozo ministry. The only thing that we, would, that we ask that you do that you would be responsible for is if you don't have a Sozo manual, then that you would pay the $20 for that manual because that money goes to Bethel. <clears throat> so, but Lisa had asked me to just share a little bit about the Sozo ministry for those of you who may not be familiar with it. Most of us that are here at, in the house family are very familiar with Sozo. Um, but for those of you that you are on, I just want to want to talk about, and today's the perfect day for it. Because we've had communion, we've been talking about the sound of heaven touching the earth, we've been talking about forgiveness, we've been talking about a lot of things that happen when we step into um, life with Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit. So um, really, Sozo is, a Sozo session is the beginning, I think, of your communion journey. It's really, it's communion with the Father. Because it's a prayer ministry where you, as the person, get to sit there with someone who's facilitating the, the session, but we give you the freedom to go wherever you want to go in that session on that give, at any given time. In that, and I promise you this, um, one of the things I say about Sozo a lot is, is, is as somebody who facilitates sessions sometimes, is that there is no greater gift to the facilitator than a changed countenance from a, the person who's sitting in the chair across from me. It's amazing. And the thing that happens through the Sozo journey, which Sozo in itself is, it's just a Greek word that is mentioned many times in the original transcripts in the Greek and the New Testament, but most of the times when Jesus is talking. And anytime when you read in, in your scriptures that when you hear Jesus say things like salvation, or you are healed, or you are forgiven, the Greek word for that is sozo, and it just translates, breaks down to salvation, healing, and deliverance. So what we do is we introduce you to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you get to experience them in a different way. Like Robert was saying, when you hear the voice that's not mine, but it kind of sounds like me. But then you sit there and you wonder, was that God or was that me? And then, then you know, it's, it's, it's just an amazing journey. And when you hear, whether it's Father, Son, or Holy Spirit talk to you and share the truth with you, that's something that Joe and Amanda were saying on the stage. You can't escape it anymore. You can choose not to believe what you heard. But that whispering, that still quiet voice will constantly try to remind you of who you are in him. So anyway, so the thing I want to talk about with that is we all know that we've been forgiven. I mean, can we agree on that this morning? 
right? So past tense, we have been forgiven. So in that with Sozo, there are many tools that we'll use. And next week, if, if, if Lisa's here, uh, she may share on a, she may grab a tool and just give a little couple minute blurb about what we are, what we'll be going over in the training. But the foundation of Sozo, the rock bottom, the bedrock of, of Sozo, of, of salvation, healing, and deliverance is forgiveness. So I just want to take a minute and talk about that. So we know that we've been forgiven. In the Sozo experience, you get the opportunity to forgive. And there are many opportunities that you may find in those sessions of different people that have happened. Because what we like to do is we, we, we want you as the client to experience and to, to come into realization of the lies that you've been believing for your whole life. And, and from that, dis try to discover where the root issue started. And I can, I can share one story because it, it happened in Pennsylvania of a woman who had carried around with her this feeling of unworthiness. And so her life was dictated by those feelings of unworthiness. And she lived out and acted out from that place. So she did a lot of things. That, that she later regretted in life. Um, and she was saying, a, she was telling a story to me um, where she had, she had gotten to a place and then, you know, I asked her if there's anyone else that she'd forgive, that she needed to forgive. And she had gone through a short list, but a powerful list of people that she needed to forgive, one of which was, her, uh, what was herself. So I asked her, and, and, and so I said, is there anyone else you need to forgive? And she said, yes. And she said, I was three years old. Immediately I knew we were at, that was whatever was getting ready to come out was the root issue. And it was going to be the key to her freedom. So, but then she said, I don't want to go there. So, so I heard Holy Spirit say to me, take the risk. And I was scared to death. <laughs> but I had to trust what Holy Spirit said to me. And so I asked her, all I asked her, I, I, I said to her, I said, ask Holy Spirit, is it safe to go there? And, she, and so she asked, and Holy Spirit said yes, so she repeated yes, which blew me away. So anyway, she proceeded to tell me the story about this thing that had happened to her when she was three years old. And it was kids playing games and they were doing things to this three-year-old little girl that you probably shouldn't be, obviously. And her mother walked into the room. And when she walked into the room, her mother freaked out as any mother would, ran in, grabbed her, ran out of the room, put her in her room and locked the door and said, don't go anywhere. And so left her completely by herself and probably from there probably went and wore out the kids who were in there doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. But to her, the three-year-old little girl, what she heard and experienced in that moment is that I'm not worthy of my mother's love, which is a lie. Her mom did not, didn't not love her. Her mom saved her because she loved her. 
But to the little girl at three years old, she heard, Mommy left me alone that I'm not worthy. That dictated the rest of her life up until she was 62 years old sitting in front of me. So she was able to forgive her mother for that. And when, and, and it was, it was, when she opened her eyes and looked up at me, about 10 years of age had melted right off of her face. And that was the first time I realized the gift that that is to experience that. So that's for you guys too. For any of you who haven't had a Sozo session or if you need, if you feel like you need to book another one, then just send an email to Lisa or scan the QR code, thank goodness, because I just went totally blank on what Lisa's email is. But it's, it's how Sozo Delaware. <laughs> but, um, and do that. So we're going to be doing Sozo sessions during the day on Friday, if you, if you would like. Saturday, we're, if, if, you, if it's pressing and you really want to have one, we want to do that. But we want you as the people of the house and anybody who want to register, we want you in the room that day to experience the teachings on the tools. So um, again, that's July 28th and 29th. And for our house members, it's no charge. And forgive me, because I'm not sure what the actual charge is. Usually it's about $60, I think. If that changes, we'll let you know, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, and we're up in the air on lunch and stuff. We might have lunch brought in, which, because out here in the middle of nowhere, it, it, it really saves a lot of time if we bring the lunch in here and stuff like that. So we'll have stuff here for you. I think that's pr pretty much what we're going to do. But anyway, thank you for the time. Thank you for listening. And, and we, we really we hope to see you all on the 28th and 29th. So... Anyway, it's exciting. It, it will change your life. I promise. If you haven't had a session, book one, get one, come with an open mind and open heart and, uh, um, and just be expecting on, on, on Father, Son, and Holy Spirit visiting you in a way that you've never been able to experience them before. So thank you guys. Go for it. I just had to second that, um, on the on the sozo i i it's just it's been really stirring in my spirit i feel like it's really really the right time it's really 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 needed and i just wanted to comment two things number one you don't have to like want to be a part of the sozo team to to do sozos to attend the training um it's just good understanding you'll get insight and then you can use those tools like in everyday life and it doesn't even have to have the the framework or branding of of sozo i've 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 used it just with friends and family just because you just learn about the process with yourself and 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 you can be helpful with others the other thing is invite people this is something that other other like especially people that are in ministry um, or that or that love to minister to others this is good for them please invite them because again you get you just get good tools in your toolbox to use however you're going to use them um, e even just on yourself it's just it's just and you don't it's not like it's one and done like you can have more than one <laughs> or like me a lot
it's just about the same height as me right now, which is cool. <laughs> Announcements! Yeah. You guys are so good at that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm not even going to try. We're just going to angle down. So as far as a couple announcements going on, this is the first official week of July, which means the first Wednesday. Am I right, Diane? Is the Greenwood Food Pantry. No, you are wrong. No, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. When is it? Okay. <laughs> all the time. In Pennsylvania, we use a calendar and we say the date, you know, but down here it's like, oh, we're going to be doing this on the second Wednesday of every other. <laughs> I'm like, well, are we calendars down here? It's just on? way easier to expect and, it. And July 12th, I've given July That's enough. I know, right? <laughs> I grandma, um, I, I've extended a truck over to Sedonia. Oh. So hopefully she'll have one on the 6th. But the okay. I don't have a date. Uh, you know, there's, there's, as far as her saying it's not confirmed, but um, there will be food brought on the 12th. The 12th. The 12th, everybody. Second Wednesday. Second Wednesday. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Diane. We appreciate everything you put into the into the pantry. So, okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Cool. We are also looking for church tech volunteers for the AV team in the sound booth back there. Um, obviously, from what it says up there, yeah. we're looking for people to help run the live stream so that when people are watching live and they're interacting, you can interact too. And you can make sure everything sounds good and it's fresh so the people who can't make it, like Lisa, Lisa's sick, she could join on live stream. But we need somebody to run it. Maybe that's you. We're also looking for camera operators, somebody to run the slides, and audio. They're just opportunities of volunteers, so we're not running ragged the people that we do have. Because <laughs> we all wear a lot of different hats. Um, but also, on top of that, a volunteer opportunity um, I'm going to begin sharing starting this week is as um, our worship pastors, Mike and Tad, are currently on sabbatical, Joe and I are, as you see, you know, we're leading worship for a little bit. And as we're moving towards a lot of growth and everything with the worship team, we see a need on the worship team that we so, so, so very much need. Um, we have various people on our worship team who are young families, so they have children. And one thing that we need on the worship team this role does not have to be musically inclined in any fashion. 
Um, they don't have to know the thing. They None of it. But you are part of the team, all worship team events. We would want you because we need someone who is willing to put their time and energy into the children of the worship team. What would that look like? That means if you are scheduled that particular week, which would only be on a Sunday where we have a young family with young children, which right now are no Sundays. I know, you're like, thank God. Um, But it's coming. It is coming. What that's going to look like is during worship practice, you would be required to be there for that Sunday. Usually we have practice on Thursdays. Currently we're having them Sunday mornings. But If it's a Sunday where, let's say, when Mike and Tat are back and they are leading, or if the Rodriguez's or the cops or any other young family that might show up to the house, eventually when we have kids, which is not yet. Okay. Future. Future. Okay. But suffice to say, not tomorrow. (laughs) Um. Shoot that rabbit. Um, All that to say, that person would come, take the the children to the nursery and engage them into possibly even what worship is at their age. That way, one, that child is growing and being loved on and their attention is just having fun and learning Holy Spirit. And we can come up with a plan of what that could look like. Maybe even having their own little worship curriculum. How cool could that be? But also so that the parents can focus in and tune in with the spirit and what God's doing in the room and not worry about their child the whole time. Are you with me? It's a huge need and it's going to benefit them. It's going to benefit the church. It's going to benefit you and it's going to benefit the kids. And that role would move all the way through worship and then the hands get transferred to whoever scheduled a nursery and then you get to come and chill the rest of the service. It's pretty simple. I might have overcomplicated it, but I'll work on my explanation. But that is something that we're looking for, a a child care provider for the worship team. And um, if you are interested even just once a month, obviously it's not this month, likely not in August either, but we are moving forward. We're trying to look ahead. If you are interested in serving the church in that capacity, please speak to me or Joe up here at the front. And we would love to get you plugged in on the heartbeat of how worship functions here at the house because you would be a part of the team. And that would be a huge help to the continual growth here at the house. So, yeah. Pray on it. Worship, or, well, sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. Thrive culture! As a, yeah. So Thrive Culture is this really amazing opportunity where you, looking at our finances, we just looked at the offering. Sometimes when it comes to finances as Christians, we tend to revert back to the thinking of what the world and everything around us has taught us about finances or what it's not taught us about finances. And Thrive Culture is an amazing opportunity where you get to break down all unhealthy patterns of your relationship toward money and how money operates and really come into a place of what kingdom wealth looks like 
and how to use your money for the things God wants. I can say that because Joe and I are you are doing Thrive Culture, and we've been doing Thrive Culture since what December. He's sure. Well, we have. We've been doing it, but we've seen considerable and substantial changes in our financial life within our marriage and as individuals. We've seen huge changes just from December, and we've been able to pay off a lot of debt. And it's nothing about sitting down with the people who run Thrive Culture and we're looking at your budget. That's not what we're doing at all, okay? I just want to throw that out there because that is scary. I know, but we're not doing that. No one's looking at your budget but you. But it's how you're looking at your budget. It's how you're looking at your needs. It's how you're looking at your income. It's how you're looking at your expenses. It's your why. And so for us, we've been able to sit down and be honest with ourselves and say, I spend my money this way because of this. You're basically giving yourself a sozo. Pretty much a financial sozo through this course. Um, And so everything about Thrive Culture is you're coming up with this dream with you, your spouse, and, and the Holy Spirit. And then you're having to come up with this plan on how you are going to say yes. Every decision you make financially is either toward that dream or it's away from the dream but each course will walk you through breaking down those strongholds about this piece of financial life it'll break down all of these things where did you get that mindset from what scripture have to say about it it's really breaking it down and so I want to invite you go to this QR code sign up check out what more about what it's about Sign up. You, as a house member, actually get a discount. Um, For more information on that, find Pastor Robert. This is really exciting. I really mean it. It's changing the dynamic for Joe and I, and it's changing even our marriage in in a lot of really amazing ways. So, yes, that. Church picnic. We always have a good time with our church picnic. Our annual church picnic this year is the first, it'll be communion Sunday, community Sunday, but in September. At Trap Pond, don't show up here. No one's going to be here, but you're welcome to have a church service here, but it's going to be in the parking lot because the building's going to be locked and we're all going to be eating and leaping and jumping and praising God out there in Laurel. So... Laurel. How are you supposed to say it? Laurel? Laurel. 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 It's so weird. (laughs) I live in Seaford. And the fall men's retreat is coming up. End of September. It's always good. It's always rich. Men, plug in. You always come back richer. And we always come back... Well, when you come back, we're all more rich because you just give us more stuff that we're like, isn't God so cool? More information, John Jump. John's back here in the light blue with his hand up because I called him out. That's all I got. I swear, I'm going to get better at this. 
Cool. With that being said, does anybody have fun testimonies or prayer or anything? Because today's the day to do it, so just come on up. Is that fine? We're good. Yeah. Okay, so um, hmm, where do I begin? So during worship, for one thing, I was celebrating. Actually, through COVID, we could not get black paint. And I thought, well, I know this is a little dark, but I really feel like I need to paint these things black. And as I'm painting, uh, it was like a moment where I just really felt like a web. And I realized, oh, this is one of those intercession moments. Um, it's come to my attention just over the past week that, you know, a lot of us use the internet and there's a part of this internet that's, they call it the clear web. And you guys probably already know all this, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> this was like shocking to me. Okay. There's this clear internet and this is where we all know and go and, and like, there's only a little bit of stuff going on up here. There's this thing called the the dark web and then there's the deep web and there's just not good stuff going on these other webs and so i was like amanda you know i'm getting this burden to pray uh the blood of jesus service because i believe um there are people trapped in this darkness and if we're not willing to like pray how are they going to get out I mean, these people need to get outside, put on a pair of shorts and cut their grass or something. I don't know. Plant a tree. They need to be set free. Like that, all that web, that is just a trap. Okay. And so today in the spirit, uh, and Amanda said we can pray intentionally about this. So I just, anyone who is in agreement with me, you know, let's just stand up. And if you, if you agree, like stand up and let's break this uh, thing open, wide open. Father, I just stand for light and your kingdom of light to let heaven come and set these captives free. Lord, I just ask for a supernatural um, just erase those hard drives of whatever this dark, creepy, there's just a lot, Lord. And we need your help. We need your power. We need your kingdom to come and clean this stuff up. We repent for taking our minds, our beautiful minds that are meant to create. And, and to let this darkness take dominion, the artificial intelligence that we're spying on ourselves. Lord, you didn't ever wanted any of that. You never wanted any of that. And Lord, I thank you for these believers that are taking a stand against darkness. And they're going to carry the light of your love and set captives free. So we all know there's a lot of wrong things going on. And Father God, we just feel so powerless, but together unified as the body of Christ, your precious ones. We're going to do it. We're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, the goodness of the God in our on our computers, the goodness of God on our phones. Lord, simplify this for us. Walk us through this. And I just lift up the seniors that have struggled with whatever 
whatever we pushed forth onto them that they have to do all this stuff that they don't even want anything to do with. Lord, show us how to honor our senior citizens better, not mock them. Give us a humble heart as we are all headed that way. You said in your word we can make those crooked places straight. And I'm just going to stand on that by faith, that this crookedness is going straight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clear well. I'm going to take this mic with me because I... Probably will walk a lot when I'm talking, but um, so uh, I'm gonna say a statement real quick, and then I'm gonna say it again at the end of what I'm gonna say to reinforce that statement. <laughs> so ever since I was a little kid, I I've been here. Um, I like soaked up a lot through the worship team, through the Word, through relationships with you, through relationships with God, and um. I carry that with me wherever I go, whether it's to another church, whether it's to work, whether it's wherever. And uh, I like the word that Joe said this morning. Not only am I reflecting what Father's doing, but I'm refracting it because he's shooting it through me. So, <laughs> um, for those who don't know, I am a postman, and uh, I've been working for at least five years there. And Back in December, I got full-time, so I have my own route now, and, uh, you know, praise God for that. Um, and since I've been full-time, I've been trying to get more involved in the union at our post office in our, our state. Um, just so, like, now that I'm full-time, like, all right, cool, let me know more about what's going on, like, representation, all that stuff. Um, so we just had a meeting two months ago where they were like hiring, well, that's a, they were electing new positions and they were like, we need these spots filled. Would you be interested? Um, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to commit too much to that, but I'm, I will like, you know, say I'll, I'll, I'll do, you know. Um, so there was, it's a fancy title. It's called executive committeeman, but, uh, they, basically, I go to the meetings, I write articles here and there about like current events and stuff, and uh, they just need someone to do that. So I'm like, sure, I can do that. That's not like too much like of my time. But um, so um, we all sang the Star Spangled Banner here, and it reminded me of that meeting because we actually had to like stand up, say the Pledge of Allegiance, and I'm like, I haven't done this in school time. <laughs> but I was sworn into office as an executive committeeman for a two-year term for the state of Delaware. And um, so that's cool. But also, <laughs> um, there's a national convention coming up in August, and they needed six people to represent Delaware. And uh, they wanted to know if I was interested. And I'm like, well, you know what? Why not? <laughs> so... Uh, I got elected, I got nominated, and I got selected. So there's probably like four other people that I work closely to. Um, they're all throughout like Delaware, like Greenwood, uh, Lincoln. And the six of us on August 13th through 19th are going up to Grand Rapids, Michigan 
to the national convention to represent Delaware. And uh, yeah, <laughs> like it's all it's all um, it's all cool stuff. And I'm just trying to like sponge it all up and learn it all. And um, but like like I said before, like I think it's cool to like be in a position to align yourself with what's going on. And the fact, you know, they don't know that I'm coming from here. <laughs> like, yes, I'm doing my job, but I'm also representing the Lord as I go to these places and I get to, you know, impart whatever needs to be imparted at the time by just aligning myself with what's going on. So I just think that's a cool opportunity. And um, if you want to pray for me, great. Um, just whatever is going to happen out there will happen. So I'm excited. Thank you. Praise the Lord. God is so good. Hallelujah. I'm going to take you on a little journey with me. God is so good. So um, many of you know that my husband moved to heaven um, October 1st of 20. And I had had to leave a 21-year um, dental hygiene career to take care of him. So now that I am on my own again, I've been praying about what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> and the, the list is endless. <laughs> but um, something that has been on my heart, even while I was as... Uh, practicing as a dental hygienist was massage therapy. So um, a couple of years ago, Lori gave me the number for a massage therapist that lives in Bridgeville. And I never went because it was so far from home. I gave the number out to a couple of different people in the meantime, but I was always drawn toward this person. And so around my birthday last year, December, I said, okay, I'm going to go. I called. She wasn't accepting new clients. <laughs> so I just kept in touch with her every month. Hey, this is Bev. Got any openings yet? So finally she got me in. And the morning that I was getting ready to go, I was so stirred up and excited in my spirit. And the Lord dropped the word momentous into my spirit. And it means an action or event which is large in both task and its impact on life, emotional or physical. So I go to this appointment and I had been having trouble with my foot um, so much that I had couldn't, I had to stop walking. And um, so I started wearing zero shoes, which had helped a little bit, but I still had pain. And I went to her and she worked on my foot and I hadn't had any pain, haven't had any pain since she worked on my foot. And I'm laying on her table, praise God, amen. I'm laying on her table and I'm thinking, I could totally do this for somebody. I could totally do this for somebody. So I go home and I call the Academy of Massage and Body Work in Bear, Delaware, and I find out all the ins and outs. And um, it's like it's $11,000. And the, the next class was going to start on September the 11th. And there was another 11 in there somewhere. And I went to lunch with a good friend. And she said that she felt like I should look up the number 11. So the first one that I came to 
And number 11 can also symbolize a spiritual awakening. The name of this number is sometimes the illuminator or the teacher. It's here to encourage positive thinking and the powers of manifestation and to recognize and use your unique skills to give something back to the world. God, so he's just so, I just love him so much. So, um, so I'm applying for financial aid and I go and I visit the school and the man the director of the school, he's 80 years old. I'm running behind him around the school. He's like showing me everything. And he said, I was 60 when I went to massage school and I'm 60 right now. So, and he said, the oldest person to go through was a woman. She was 74 years old and she went through and she worked as a massage therapist at Nanakook hospital for eight years. So, I mean, so he takes me to the front of this, the school by the door. And he says, these are my Buddha statues. They keep the evil spirits out. And a couple years ago, I'd have been like, ew, I'm not coming here. But I'm like, hmm, Buddha, you're dead. My Jesus is alive. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this school just needs a big dose of Jesus. And, um, and so I get to meet his wife, his 80-year-old wife on my way out. She's so cute. She's got one ponytail, all of her hair pulled to one side of her head, one ponytail. And um, she's, she's battling um, breast cancer. And she just out of the blue says to me, it's, I know it's the spirit. She's, she's responding to the spirit in me. She says, um, student called me and said, I need to talk to you. I need to come over right now. And she's like, oh, my, what's wrong? But the student came to pray for her. And she's tearing up and wiping tears the whole time and she's saying I just felt I just felt and I knew she was talking about the presence of the Lord and I'm just like can I just hug you so hugged her um so then I go home amen I know right just Jehovah sneaky right I go home and um I go home and um I reach out to a friend of mine so Three years ago, I meet this girl in New York Natural Food Co-op, and she's so pregnant, she's ready to burst. And I said to her, can I pray with you? She's like, oh, yes. So I prayed with her right there, and we made a, a bond with each other. And we haven't seen each other in the physical since then. She's moved to West Virginia, but we keep in touch. We pray for each other, We, you know, just messages, texts. And um, we've only spoken on the phone once, but we're like, I love you. She's like, I love, you know, it's just like a God thing. So I reach out to her for prayer. And she says, um, I said, I'm going to go. I'm thinking about going to the Academy of Massage. And she's like, do you know what I do? And I'm like, what? She's like, I'm a massage therapist. <laughs> she says, I worked at that school for years. She's given me the ins and outs of all these people that work there. She sent me a picture of the clinical, the head of the clinical department. This girl's a hard nut to crack. I've been playing for, praying for her salvation for years. I'm like, we're both like, look at God, look at God. She has gone in and sown all these seeds and the Lord has brought growth. And now I get to go in and reap the harvest. Praise the Lord. Amen. So just pray. Oh, the other one thing that was cool was, um, my friend knew that I was going to tour the school, but she didn't know anything about when I left there that I was thinking this place needs a big dose of Jesus. She sends me a meme of a woman coming in hot on a jet ski. And it says on the top, don't be coming in here with that Jesus stuff. And it says me coming in here with that Jesus stuff. So <laughs> it's just like the Lord confirming things all over the place. So just 
I told the Lord, if you pay for it, I'm going to go. So, amen. So we just want to testify and let you guys know where we're at. Um, All our lives, we've said yes. All our lives, we've said yes. When Lord presented a challenge, we've said yes. Many of you know, uh, Shai grew up in Pittsville. I grew up in Harrington. And so we're from this area, but when we got married, we had to start moving away. We ended up in Dover, and we met Bev there. We were in McCungee, Pennsylvania, and lived there for many years, helped develop a, uh, a mobile church. Eight years? Eight years, we were there. Raised our children to where they were teenagers. While they were teenagers, the Lord called us to Montana, and we were missionaries there for three and a half years. (laughs) And the Lord gave us a choice. We could move to Bethel, Redding, California. We could stay where we're at or we could move back to the Eastern Shore. And unfortunately, that was the third choice. We, we didn't want to. We didn't want to. But the Lord laid on our hearts that we needed to come back for our family's sake. Um, for our family's sake. So we did. So we came back. That was in the year 2012, and we were homeless. Um, we were homeless. Um, the Lord. So my parents said that I could live with them. We could all move in with them. They had a little space and we could move in with them. So that was, that worked out for, I don't know, a year. No, three months, three, no, six about months. a year because. We'd left in the summer. Okay. So then, um. That wasn't forever. No. <laughs> we, um, we noticed that there was causing conflict. There was a lot of conflict between my parents. And um, before we knew it, they were um, separating. And during that separation, I, and it wasn't us. We knew it wasn't us. We, we knew it was just, it was, it was God, because it had to really change my parents. Um, so that left us homeless because my dad came to Bob and said, I have no place for you. You can't stay here anymore. I'm so glad he didn't say it to me. I would need a whole lot more sozos than I have had. (laughs) Um, so we were, we were going to go to, uh, Salisbury, right? Yeah, we were, we were going to move to Salisbury just there's a shelter there it was a local shelter and we thought maybe it would give us a you know 
direction, right? So, and we have three teenage sons at that time that were living with us, and uh, we weren't really sure what we were doing. <laughs> so Bob, we went to the local church that we were going to, so Bob goes to um, the pastor there and goes, look, I I'm going homeless, and I'm going to leave, like, tonight. And what did he say to him? Mac. It was Mac Kendra. Mac and Kendra. They... They offered their house, so we moved in for one. We had about a month. Yeah. It gave um, it gave us something to do. I realized that when we came back, unemployment was hard. It was about like Montana. Yeah. But employment was hard. Um, and but you know we said uh, when the Lord said yes, I already knew the sacrifices that were going to be involved. I, I knew that I had to trust Him. You know, moving to Montana was nothing to do with being a missionary in Montana. It was more of taking my yes and how far are you going to go with that yes? Are you going to not rely on yourself to provide your income and your housing and your food? Yeah. I mean, it was hard. And we had to start trusting him for everything. So before we left to go to Montana, we were supposed to have sponsors in our church. We had one sponsor, and that sponsor gave us $25 a month, faithfully, faithfully $25 a month. Even though we've had all these empty promises from people at our church. So we came back homeless. This wasn't a little tiny church. This no. was a huge church. And we stood before them and told them we were gone. And they said that they would help us. Yeah. So we relied on the Lord to come back. And when we came back and... Um, we were homeless, and um, the Lord helped us find a good job. He got me back into the field. He got me back into a job that I left in Pennsylvania and gave us the leg in. And so in the year 2020, <laughs> uh, the Lord told us uh, February of 20, yeah, February 2020, you need to buy a house now. And that was just before COVID struck. And so we got a realtor involved, and she started helping us find a home. That was crazy. But we found one in May, and we settled and moved in Memorial Day. So you want to continue? Okay. So we stayed in this beautiful house for a month. We moved July 4th, so I, in the beginning of that month period, I got a phone call, and it was my sister. I only have one sister that we were, uh, I grew up with a, just a small family of just my sister and I, my parents, and this huge fa farm that we 
worked a poultry farm with three chicken houses and lots of land. Anyway, so my father gave me property. When we were married. Yeah, when we were married. So um, we couldn't really build any, um, we put a mobile home on it. So um, during that period, that small little period, um, we ended up doing some transition and moving. And when we did that moving, God healed my sister's heart and she wanted to move back home. So we gave her that property for a dollar so that she could remend her relationship with my parents so that they would be able to function better as a family, a healthy Christian family. So during that period, um, we gave her that property and then she built this house on it. So here we are back when we had moved into a house in Pittsville, but it wasn't adjacent to the farm. And her house was, and she came up with an idea, let's swap houses. <laughs> yeah, so, um, which is really crazy because her house is this huge, it's so much bigger than what we moved into. Um, but she needed it for her in-laws, and she wanted to move into her husband's childhood house. So we did an even threesome swap. And during that time period has brought us to, um, we're like the little missionaries in Pittsville. <laughs> Every morning I get up. And if I don't spend time just speaking in tongues straight, there's catastrophe and things that happen with relationships with us. And I just want to encourage you. I know your lives aren't easy. I know that you got struggles at home, but you got to put in the time and just get before God and spend time with him. What a big, big difference I notice when I just surrender it all. Okay, Lord, I just give it to you. Before anything starts, because I know he's got my everything. And if I don't get certain things done as a home tear, taker carer, you know, the vacuum, the food, the cut grass, the, you know, all that stuff. If something doesn't get done, then I have to go, okay, Lord, what are you doing? I have to shift my focus on, okay, Lord, what are you doing? What, what's going on? You know? It's the little things. Spending time in the presence. There are times that I sit in my living room and I get hit with the mundane things. The presence of the Lord will hit you while you're washing dishes because you're loving those around you. Taking care of mowing the grass, as pa Pastor Robert says. 
the presence of the Lord will hit you. Because as we said earlier, the presence, you're the connection between heaven and earth. And it's the mundane things. Are you going to let your heart go towards heaven when you're doing those mundane things? The everyday task. And it's precious. It's precious. I'm determined. I'm determined that that's where I'm going to keep my focus. I'm determined that I'm going to live my life, no matter how chaotic it is. I'm going to keep my my eyes focused on the Lord. I'm going to keep my I'm going to keep my scripture songs in my heart. I'm going to I'm going to just not just whistle as I work, but I'm going to be grateful for those around that I can serve, because those people that I'm serving aren't just my family. God put them in my lives at this moment. At this moment. No matter if they're what, it doesn't matter. It's unconditional. Because wasn't I unconditional? I mean, that's the way God took care of me. You know, when my parents loved me as this little kid, they didn't care. They just loved you. They just fed you. They just gave you hugs. And that's what we have to do, even with those adults. I can be long-winded, so I'm going to do a short version. Um, we went to Florida for my sister's wedding. And the wedding coordinator called. Wedding coordinator called and said, um, we have 25% chance of rain. Um, we had a beach wedding. My sister did not want to have to put it under the pavilion. So I said, Christina, come on. We're going to put, we're going to, we're going to raise our hands and say, okay, Father, you've given us authority. We command the rain clouds to, st to be held. Rain clouds held. Um, we just got light rain. So we had a wedding on the beach, beautiful wedding on the beach. My, um, my sister had guests that were coming in. They had to pull to the side of the road because the rain was coming down so hard and it was hailing. And they said, it's not going to be a wedding on the beach. We had a wedding on the beach because God did that. And we just, we, just, we, just, we just did what we were supposed to do. We just stood. And, and the whole room, we all getting ready, getting dressed. We just, I said, come on, Christina. And so we did it. The Lord did it. So, um. So we're coming back home from um, Florida. We two hours from home, breakdown, Accomack, Virginia. Fortunately, we were near a garage. <laughs> so Clarence is like, what we need to do? I said, we need to pull in that garage, see what's going on with this car. So we pull into the garage, found out we're probably going to need a new engine. We just bought this vehicle January. Year of a year ago, not just two years. Yeah, yeah, year, year, four months. So we stopped, and um, so we met a guy named Christian there, and um, he just written a book <laughs> on um, revival and revolution, um, concerning the revivals that's been going on in the college campuses and everything, and the Lord had brought him. 
And I was like, Pastor Robert done written a book too. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to send you all my book. And we just got talking. Um, he said, I don't know why God has moved me back to the Eastern Shore. I said, I know why you're back here. I said, because revival's getting ready to start here on the East Coast. And it's going to spread all over to the West Coast. So we had a good time. I guess it was just divine appointment. Car broke down. We in divine appointment. So we had a car towed from Accomack, Virginia, back to Herlock. And so we find out we need a brand new engine, $5,300. So we're looking at, we're talking to the junkyard, trying to find an engine for cheaper than, you know, we're trying to find one. But all we find out basically that the, the motors basically aren't made well at all. So I'm volunteering Wednesday at Food Bank in Hurlout. So Reverend, Reverend um, Laura said, Valerie, I think you should call Kia Corporation. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. Called Kia Corporation in California. It was 9 o'clock their time, 12 o'clock our time. So I called, and the lady ran the event. She said, you're still under extended warranty. I said, we're going to get it to the Kia. So we got towed to the Kia dealership. So y'all agree with us that this engine's under, is still under the, the warranty that, that she said, was it knocking? I said, man, I said, we were shaking. Um, and so, <laughs> so she said, it's still, yeah, it still should be under extended warranty. So that's my portion. I'm out of here. Um, we prayed, um, song 121, um, before we left and, you know, we don't always know why we break down, but we know that God is good. Yeah. We know that, uh, we could have been, on um, cause we went down, um, 95, but we decided to go across on um, 64 and come back through the tunnel. But what we did pray, Psalm 121, let me just read this. I won't be long. I will lift my eyes to the hills for where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He will watch over you, will not slumber. Indeed, he who watch over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. So I'm just thankful because it says here that um, the Lord will watch over your going and coming, both now and forever. And we didn't have any harm to ourselves. I mean, it might have been harm to the car. But, you know, again... God God knows all these things, but the thing is that we can give those things to him. And that's what he wants you to do. He will keep you. He will protect you. He will watch over you. Why? Because he loves us. And I've been reading so many times a day about him being a refuge, and it says he's a good God. So even though we might have breakdowns, and there were people there that we talked to, and we don't know what impact that we might have. 
There were some young girls there listening to us as we were talking. God takes all those things. And if you realize that our life is in his hand, isn't our car in his hand as well? So if he can take care of my life, I know he can take care of a car. And, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, those things come and go. But his love is always with me. And a matter of fact, before, when I got home and opened up the mail, we had a check for over $600 that we wasn't expecting. So again, praise the Lord. He knows your knees. He, he hasn't deserted me. I mean, those things going to come and go, but his love is for all eternity. And as long as you have his love and long as you can have his peace, because that's what God wants you to have. And if I have him, guess what I have? I have peace. And, you know, sometimes we can get worked up over all these things that happen around us, but he is the peace of God. And he can take anything in our lives. If we say, Lord, it belongs to you. My life belongs to you. And if you wake me up, and one thing it says, his mercy is new every morning. This morning, he dispensed his mercy on each one of us. It's not Clarence Thomas to keep his heart going. It's not Clarence Thomas to keep a right mind. It's the Lord. And that's our confidence, and that's our hope. And that's, that's, that's where we stand. And I'm telling you, if you're standing on anything else, we're standing on the wrong thing. Because we know it. The car goes, and I was in my house the other day, and I'm like, what if something happened to the house? The only thing I really need, I would want, is the pictures, the memories. Because all those other things are just junk. Replaceable, but you're not replaceable. God has a purpose and a plan for you. So we encourage you, I encourage you to walk in that plan. Walk into that purpose each day and say, Lord, I'm going to partner with you. I don't know what we have planned this day. So if you choose to take this car, it's yours. If you choose, I have to walk, I'll walk because of you. And we're not always happy by the things that happen. But guess what? He's faithful. And, you know, I was telling someone the other day, sometimes we're doing something and someone calls you and you have to stop. And you're like, really? But then you get over it. So some of the things that happen in our lives, we can, we, we, we're going to get over it. We're going to get over it. Set your joy in your heart. It says those that look to him, their face is radiant and there's no shame. There's no shame to have a car that breaks down. We all been there. There's no shame to have a cold or be sick. We've been there. But God is faithful. So I just encourage you to rely on his faithfulness, regardless of what's going on in your world. I just, I wanted to, um, I was here early this morning. I usually come in early Sunday mornings and uh, I was all the way in the back and I hear, I'm like, man. I go trotting out front. Young lady's going to work this morning. Somebody didn't stop. They pulled all the way into like the middle of the road and stopped. She starts breaking. I guess they go, but by then she turned, so she wiped out and took the stop sign out over there that way. 
And uh, so I went over and talked with her, and she's like, man, I'm glad I was paying attention, you know. And then the people pulled through, and she gets out, like, and they stop. They go down to the other triangle and look at her, back up and go around, but they don't come back. And uh, I just wanted to, like, Diane was talking about the dark web and dark abyss. We have way too many accidents at these intersections, especially this one. We've had tractor trailers come in. We've wiped out the sign. We had another one just a couple weeks ago. Diane called me one day, are you anywhere near the church? Because we're not. Can you run over and make sure nothing's damaged? This poor gal, so I talked with her for a while, and I said, look, I'm over here. Come on over. If the police don't come right away, you're welcome to come in. And so I checked on her again before I left, and uh, the state trooper was here. But we just, for some reason, <laughs> this one especially, but even these, they're blind. This one, they come in way too hot. People don't stop. And we know there's distracted driving probably because they're messing with their phones and texting and doing all the other stuff they shouldn't be doing instead of driving. But I just, I, I really want everybody to just pray for the safety at this intersection and this intersection and this intersection because we've all but had some really seriously, and we have had some injuries here, but um, she was really shook up. And she's going to work at the senior center this morning on a Sunday morning of all things. And now she's got this to deal with and doesn't even know who the people were that cut her off so so lord i just pray for your blessing and your protection over this triangle and these intersections at the corner of these buildings lord this is your property this is your house and this is your community and we just bless it in the name of the lord and we say peace to these intersections people wake up pay attention get off your phones and pay attention to driving because driving careful driving is a civic duty it's something that we're supposed to do so lord we just claim that back and we proclaim your providence over these intersections, Lord, in the blood of Jesus and safety for these people and these families. In Jesus' name. Oh, he filled up the whole slot. To say, you know, when we take a Sunday like this, the first Sunday, and we just make it the testimonies of of various ones of us as a community it's not so much just what happens here in the service and we all know this it's what we're doing day in and day out uh, as as Amanda you were leading us earlier for the other what am I doing for the other uh, so I just appreciate the testimonies and uh, and just getting to hear what Jesus is doing in, in the rest of our lives. So, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for all that's taken place. We thank you for those uh, that are guests today, for those that are uh, of the regular family. Lord, we're all family. We're all community because we're all the body of Christ. And so we, we bless the food, those that have prepared it. Uh, let the fellowship around the tables just continue to be an ongoing from what's taken place in here. And we give you all praise and all glory. Jesus, we just really, really, really love you. Uh, and because you started the whole thing off. Amen. Amen. Goeth, eateth.